Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Let's see, it's uh, Sunday, 28 March, 2021. Time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And it is Palm Sunday today. So we got new palm fronds in here. Um, Mabel reminded me that we needed to change out the palm fronds. And so uh, I went yesterday, we went to mission work. I went home, finished up all the church work. And I thought, oh my goodness, I got to cut palm fronds and I'm not going to do it tomorrow before church. So I drove back down to the mall and cut one of my palm trees that I didn't cut over the winter. And so we have nice fresh palms for Palm Sunday. And uh, let's see here. I have a cross that I put up every single year at my house. It's a big cross I made years ago, and it has a sign on it. And I put that up yesterday, and it'll be up for the next seven or eight days. And uh, I leave it up during the day. And, of course, the county always comes by and gives you a citation saying you've got 30 days to take down your cross. Well, it's only there for seven days, so I don't care. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I change the sign every day today. It says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Okay, because it's Palm Sunday, and then I have it, uh, it says, uh, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided for the next five days, showing that, uh, anticipating Christ's coming in the book of uh, uh, Genesis 22, uh, where the ram was caught in the thicket, and the Lord provided the ram. And it says, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided, looking forward to Christ. And then, of course, on uh, Friday, I will put up a sign that talks about Christ's death, and um, then after that, it'll be the same one over Saturday. And on next Sunday morning, guess what it says? He's risen. Oh, I can't wait. So I've been doing this for many, many years, and nobody's ever torn it down. Nobody's ever, I, people will stop, and they'll get out, and they'll take photos with it. But anyway, real joy to do that. And once again, that happened this week, so uh, or yesterday. But let's see here. Uh, uh, we also have Colleen, who is here for her second and final week before going back to California. And uh, we were talking about something uh, today. Um, they were talking about going somewhere for lunch. And I said, oh, I won't go there. And she said, why? And I said, because you can't carry your gun in there. And she looked like this. And she said, well, you'd never hear that in California. So, yeah, this is Florida. We do things differently here. So there you go with that. And uh, so thank you for being here. And then uh, give me your last name again. It just dropped. Gingrich. Gingrich. That's right. They're, they're from Pennsylvania. They come down year after year, and the whole family is here. And the first time that they came down as a family, Jim was opening us at the time, and he looked up, and he almost freaked out. There's all, How many are there? Four of them? Four boys, and they all had these long beards on. They were wearing them, and they came in, and there were four little Charlies. And so it was very, very cute. And so it's been a hit for me to think about that all these years. And now, I mean, they were this big. Now some of them are like 12 feet tall. I can't believe it. So it's amazing how quickly children grow up into young adults. And uh, what a nice family. So thank you all for making the effort. And uh, then we have um, our first category, as always, is Israel. And dealing with Israel, but also dealing with uh, a Christian side of Israel. Our uh, sermon today will be um, from Deuteronomy chapter 15, and it's, uh, I think, verses 1 through 11. Yes, that's correct. It's written there. It's called Ha Shemitah, or the remission. 
okay? And so a lot of you know of a teaching by a certain person that wrote a book about the Shemitah, and you will find out if what he wrote in that book is in accord with the Bible or not if you watch this sermon. And so I uh, would urge you to watch that. You'll get sound theology. You'll understand why this is in the Bible and maybe where somebody that made a lot of money off of a book departed from Scripture. But that's just my little plug for today's sermon. I hope you will watch it. Um, from the Times of Israel, in Technological Leap, Iron Dome tackles multiple complex threats at once. In the past, they've always had just bombs coming in and they take out one, two, three, four of them at a time, and it's calculating based on that. But now they have multiple threats that are different coming in, and they were able to meet that demand. And so here it goes. During recent tests, the Iron Dome dealt with difficult and complex scenarios, striking down test threats, simultaneously shooting down several unmanned aerial vehicles, missile salvos, and rockets. So you have three different things that are coming in against them, and they were able to wipe all of them out. That is a very complex computer program that they have developed in order to be able to do that. Ten years after the first operational use of the Iron Dome, Today, we are completing a qualitative technological leap in the system's abilities. In three series of experiments, in just a few months, we have upgraded the capacities of the Iron Dome to the next generation of threats. The Israeli technological superiority provided by the Iron Dome and the multi-layer defense system is a cornerstone of our defense system and Israel's security. It is critical for the security of our country in the face of changing and diverse threats from our enemies. The upgraded system is set to be integrated into the IAF, meaning the Israeli Air Force and the Israeli Navy, where it is due to be installed on the Israeli Navy's new Sa'ar 6 Corvettes, which are tasked with guarding the natural gas platforms off Israel's coast as well as the shipping lanes. So that's pretty cool. Right? They're able to get all of these different threats now and take them out all simultaneously. A real achievement. And, uh, you know, that takes you back to the book of Ezekiel and the battles that are coming against Israel and how it says the Lord will, you know, stop these things from happening. And how does he do that? He uses human agency. You know, when it says the Lord accomplished this victory, he does it through Israel. So there's the synergistic working of the Lord and Israel. If the Lord is with Israel, Israel will win that battle. If the Lord is not with Israel, Israel will not win that battle. That's the way it works. And so we can see all of these things that are being prophesied also in the book of Zechariah is talking about the victories of the Lord are because of Israel having these technologies and the Lord will use them for his purposes. Okay, there's nothing supernatural going on there. And uh, it's uh, just how the Lord has blessed this nation with intelligence, with resources, and the ability to do these things. So it's rather interesting. Before we go on, um, put that back on and come up here. That's It's very cute. I don't know. My wife decided to wear something in and it's so cute. I wanted everybody to see it. Come on up here. She looks like a little... Uh, I don't know, what would you call it, a fairy or something? As, let me see, are you in the, yeah, isn't that cute? She was, it's just very, very cute. Uh, yeah, she put that on yesterday for the photo outside with the uh, cross I was talking about, and I didn't expect to see it today, but it's just, yeah, she looks so cute. Goodness gracious. All right, so our next article is from JNS. 
The IDF is undergoing a digital transformation that will link air, sea, and ground units. Well, we saw part of that with the uh, Iron Dome, but it says here, in the past, when ground units spotted a target and wished to transmit the data to an IAF aircraft, listen to this, the process would take tens of minutes and involve an entire chain of command. You know, they, you have the Army and the Navy, and they are supposed to be working on the same team, but they are proud, and so they won't coordinate. I've seen this in my own time in the military, okay? But in the last year, the IDF has, as part of its ambitious digital transformation program, cut that time down to mere seconds. Flagship projects included the operational internet, which is designed to act like a civilian internet and turn every component in the military into a partner that can team up with another partner. If a business development application is put on a cloud and is made accessible to all smartphones, this is very similar to the operational internet. We ask ourselves, why stop at the ground forces? Let's connect this to the other branches. It functions on digital infrastructure, a kind of military digital cloud system upon which applications run and are made available to, for example, a field commander on the battlefield. The system can be fed with an array of data which goes far beyond the location of the officer and his unit and includes intelligence, data processing tools, the delivery of video broadcast by a drone overhead, and much more. The operational internet can incorporate command networks created by the IDF's individual services, such as the Ground Forces Digital Army Program, which is made by Elbit Systems. This program links together ground units, and it will go further, creating a multi-branch network that links air, sea, and ground units into a single network. Other types of digital combat systems are also joining the wider operational internet program. One example is the Fire Weaver system made by the Raphael Defense Company, which is in the IDF service. Fire Weaver enables an officer or soldier to scan an area with binoculars, spot a target, and flag it using augmented reality technology, and then activating a tank located in another position to fire on the target in seconds. Part of this approach rests on a revolutionary concept called the firepower tender. This means that a system such as Fire Weaver, after detecting and confirming a target, issues a tender to decide who will strike a target. And the network automatically selects the best suited responder, a tank, a helicopter, a field unit, or others to attack. That's really marvelous. They are almost fully integrated now, and you wonder how Israel will be able, this teeny little country on a sliver of land, be able to defeat all of these incoming armies in the future There it is. They've got the resources. They've got the technology. The Lord has blessed them with all of these things and with America so far as a helper. And then the Lord is on their side. And so this is why Israel's able to do these things and will continue to be able to do these things. Marvelous. From all Israel, high court. I love this ruling. The high court orders reopening of Israeli airport and reverses ban on unvaccinated travelers. Good news. You know, I I never would have expected this being kind of a lefty country, but they made the right decision here. The Israeli High Court of Justice has ordered the reopening of Ben-Gurion International Airport following a declaration that the government's strict travel restrictions, including barring people who haven't been vaccinated, are unconstitutional. 
even in a tough crisis. And this is why I like this ruling here is this next quote. And now think we've had conservative judges make these type of decisions over the past year and a half, but they've also had a lot of liberal judges that have said exactly the opposite. So you see there's this war going on in ideology, but listen to this here. It says, even in a tough crisis, such as the global pandemic, human rights and civil rights cannot be pushed underground. We've had very few of those decisions, but they have been made where judges have stood up and I've read their readings and have said that we are not putting the Constitution on hold. But every lefty judge in this nation is trying to take away our rights and they're standing against the Constitution of the United States of America. We need to work against this as often as we can. All right. Chief Justice Esther Hayut wrote in a dramatic reversal of government policy. Hayut and Justices Amit and Hendel argued that the current airport travel restrictions violate the basic constitutional right to enter and exit Israel and others' rights at the core of the democratic fabric of life. Good ruling. Very happy to see that. Good job. From Haaretz, Israel lifts state of emergency on its Mediterranean coast a month after the oil spill. About 80% of Israel's public beaches along the coast are now considered clean, the ministry says. A week or two ago, when I read the last update, it was like 50%. And before that, during February sometime, they said it's going to be years and years and years, and we're never going to get these beaches open, and everything's going to die, and the world's going to end. And so you can see how lefties take everything, and they put it over in a category, and they expect you to just follow suit. And it's not true, okay? From Christian News... Deanna Carr emailed me. She said, I'm almost finished with the Exodus sermons. Again, thank you. My understanding of God's word is so much better and more clear. And then she also said, please tell the church I'm proud to be a member. So wonderful stuff. And that just lifted my heart. And I want to thank her for that. And uh, somebody else emailed me about his uh, accomplishments. And I'll have to include that next week's because I didn't have time to put it in this week's. But while we're talking about that, we have um, our sister over here, Claudia, who's all caught up on everything. And so it's pretty wonderful. Just marvelous how she's just sucked up the Bible and, and uh, listened to everything. Uh, she, what she's doing now, and when I say everything, I'm talking about the Law of Moses. She is now caught up with us in Deuteronomy, but she has a couple of the smaller books, uh, Ruth and Esther and uh, Jonah. And I know that she's going to enjoy those. They're very quick going books and they're marvelous pictures of Christ. So be sure to get into the word. Be sure to Uh, enjoy what God has put in his word concerning Jesus. That's where your heart should be. Okay, uh, from CBN. Pretty much everybody on the planet has heard this, but I'm going to read it anyway, and I'm going to do it specifically because there's two articles. One of them is negative, the other is positive. And I'm not one to go getting down on people too hard if they do not have heretical doctrine. If their doctrine is poor in one area or another, I will say I love him in this area and I don't like him in this area, but I'm fair about that. If somebody's a heretic like one of the people I'm going to mention in this first article, I will let you know that. And I'll say don't ever listen to him because he's a heretic. But the first person, Franklin Graham urges clergy, I don't know what, he he must have had his head in the uh, bathtub too long and didn't get enough oxygen or something. He urges clergy to support COVID vaccines and said Jesus would have used them too. So yeah, that's a little insane. I would hope that pastors in the pulpit would tell people how they can be saved from God's judgment, Graham said. I think for a pastor to tell someone to not take the COVID vaccine is problematic because what would happen if that person gets coronavirus and died? Well, if he's right with the Lord, he gets to be with the Lord. Woohoo! And if he's not, then, you know, he's probably a lefty anyway, and he needs Jesus. So 
There you go. Yeah, what happens if he, if he takes the vaccine? What if he takes the vaccine and becomes, you know, you're, you brought that up right now. Last week, I read the CDC statistics on how many have died. And it was, I think I said 1,600. It might have been 1,500. And then by the time I got home and went to the site again, they had updated and it was all up to 1,900. Okay, this is just from Sunday afternoon. Well, this week I looked and it's at 2,216 people have died from taking the vaccine. This morning I checked it, 2,216. So I'm glad you brought that up. So uh, what he is saying doesn't really align with anything that we could call intelligence. Okay, but we'll continue. He says, uh, I think there were vaccines available, and if there were vaccines available in the time of Christ, Jesus would have made reference to them and used them. Would have. Yeah, listen, that's all 2020 stuff, and that's insane anyway, because Jesus healed people. He didn't need to be healed, and he didn't need to be protected from these things. So that's absolutely crazy. I have to say that at the same time, I'll read another article and you'll agree with him on that. So once again, Franklin Graham, he's not my enemy. Okay, he's on the same side. The next guy. Additionally, Pastor John Hagee stands by the connection between scripture and science. Hagee, who is a heretic who tested positive for COVID last October, believes in both the power of prayer and modern medicine. These are not mutually exclusive. Okay, well, I agree with that, but not with this particular issue. Uh, we do pray. Paul tells us to pray, and James tells us to pray, etc. It's a word to pray. Peter says it as well. And there's a reason why. It's because the Lord may respond to our prayers. Okay, I'm not a faith healer. Okay, the Bible never teaches faith healing. It does, I'm sorry, yes, faith healers, but it does teach faith healing. And what I'm saying by that is that a faith healer is a person who says, I can heal you with my abilities. The Bible does not teach that. Paul was unable to heal Epaphroditus. He almost lost him for the sake of the gospel. Paul left Trophimus sick in Miletus, okay? If Paul could be a faith healer, he would have just said, Trophimus, be healed, and he didn't, okay? So that shows you that even the apostles did not have that ability. And then what did he tell Timothy to do who had a stomach ailment? What did he tell Timothy to do? Drink wine, wine, buddy. So yes, and wine in that context is fermented wine. It was for his healing of his stomach. But I want you to know that uh, I do believe in faith healing, but not faith healers. And uh, why is Pastor John Hagee a heretic? I've made the claim. I will substantiate that by saying that he is a dual covenant theologian. And what that means is he believes the Jews are saved through adherence to the law of Moses. That is a heresy. They have rejected Jesus Christ, and without Christ, they are not going to be saved. That's all there is to it. He does not evangelize Jews. He is condemning Jewish people to hell with his theology. Do not listen to John Hagee. From WND, this is the second article that I was referring to. Killer. Franklin Graham urges Biden to look in the mirror. Good job. Biden's reference to Russian President Putin as a killer in an interview this week should prompt some self-reflection in Biden. Evangelist Franklin Graham said, Biden supports abortion and his admin supports abortion, even government taxpayer funded of abortion. This year, more than 185,000 babies have been murdered through abortion in this country. So I agree with him on that stand. I agree with him on some things. I don't agree with him on all things. He's not a heretic. He has never, as far as I've heard, taught anything heretical. And so I'll give him a a pass on the stupid thing about Jesus saying we should uh, take COVID vaccines because he would have taken them. That's crazy. Okay. From Christian Headlines. 
77% of Protestant pastors believe it is morally wrong to change genders, poll says. Okay, that means that there's 23% of them that are absolutely crazy, okay? That, seriously. The poll of 1,007 Protestant pastors found that evangelical pastors are more than twice as likely to agree that it is morally wrong to change the gender if you were born through surgery or taking hormones. A full 90% of evangelical pastors, but only 37% of mainline pastors agreed with the statement. In other words, mainline means Presbyterian, Methodist, Episcopal, all of those denominations which have gone over the deep end. They no longer are biblical. They are no longer to be gone to or listened to. Okay, their theology is completely wrong, but there you go. The survey also asked Protestant pastors if they believed it is morally wrong for an individual to identify with a gender different than the sex they were born. On that, evangelical pastors are more than twice as likely to agree than mainline pastors. And they say 84%. So it went from 90% on the first question down to 84 when it should not have changed at all, okay, versus 32% with the apostate churches. As lawmakers debate establishing protections for those who identify as a different gender from their biological sex at birth, it waits to be seen if Congress will seek to force pastors and their churches to implement changes contradictory to their religious convictions. LifeSite, and this is coming to an American near you, folks. The administration that we have right now is going to come against us in the next four years in a way that you have never even imagined. And there's only one thing that will stem this tide. There's only one thing, and that is for you to get out and vote in another year and a quarter or so to get a right-leaning Congress. Because if we do not do that, this deal is done, okay? Assuming, well, yeah, that's true. Assuming that there's no fraud in the elections, because uh, in Georgia right now, they've passed some laws to take care of any supposed ability to commit fraud, and now Biden is looking into it and going to try to override their state. Okay, so I want you to know that we are in a battle right now. We are in a battle for this nation. Okay, life site. Here it is. LGBT activist Sue Canadian pastor for preaching biblical sexuality. Pastor Terry Murphy of Victory Church in Regina, Saskatchewan is under fire by LGBT activists for a March 6th online sermon defending biblical sexuality in which he noted that today's trans movement and the promotion of gender fluidity can be a form of child abuse. LGBT activist Terry Van Mackelberg, or whatever, who discovered the sermon and was apparently shocked and offended to discover that a Christian church had not yet changed its teachings to align with his lifestyle and identity, has now organized both a Sunday protest in front of the church as well as an application under the Saskatchewan Human Rights Code, which protects a person's right to equality without discrimination based on age, religion, sexual orientation, or gender identity. Does anybody see the contradiction in what he just said? He's suing under something to take away religious rights, which are a part of the same thing that he's suing for. These are not clear-thinking people, but they will gain the advantage. The LGBT movement, which is capable of blitzkrieg-level mobilization in cases like this, managed to drum up over 840 co-plaintiffs for the application in only two days. At their behest, local politicians have obediently labeled the sermon transphobic and homophobic, and Regina businesses, eager for cheap virtue signaling, began posting pride flag profile pictures on social media. 
There were a lot of peas in that last sentence, by the way, but it's insane what's going on. And these people are all going to cave and this guy is going to have to probably close his church if he keeps up with what he's doing, or he's going to have to just be quiet and not say anything. So from the blaze, Netflix is, yeah, I no longer have Netflix. Just so you know, if you come to my house and you used to see Netflix, you won't see it anymore. Netflix's Paradise PD under fire after airing graphic anti-NRA episode of Jesus carrying out mass killing, having a threesome with two women. Netflix. If you've got Netflix, it's time for you to make a decision, folks. You know what? Oh, I already talked about that. Epic Times. Marine officer warns Congress against classifying Christians in military as religious extremists. This is going on right now in the United States military, and I want you, I'm only going to read you just a little bit of it, but if you want to read the whole article, it's long and tedious, go ahead. I'm just going to read you a little bit so that you can get a taste of what is going on in our military. Does anybody know what the navigators were? Okay, they were Navy people that read the Bible and did their job as Navy people, and you've got chaplains, and this this military has been founded on Christianity. It has been supported by Christianity. Go watch any old World War II movie, and when they commit somebody to the sea, they say, with the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I mean, this is a new fad that's going on, and it is going so quickly that if we don't do something, we are going to lose our military. I'm telling you that right now. You need to write to your congressman, and you need to do it quickly, or we are going to lose our military, and they are going to be our enemies. Okay, listen to this. A slide used in a Department of Defense training manual identifies Catholics and evangelical Christians as religious extremists, along with members of the Ku Klux Klan and Al-Qaeda and Hamas, according to a Marine Corps officer. We are being labeled religious extremists in our military if we say we identify with Jesus Christ. You need to write your congressman. I know somebody that already has. Senator Rubio, and then I wrote one also to Senator Scott. I am a pastor in Sarasota, Florida. You're going to need to come out and make a stand on what is going on and to openly address this issue. I've been following this since the military stand down began, and what I knew would be the case has now come to pass. Please refer to the linked article from the Epic Times. It's also available on other news services as well. It is unconscionable that our military is classifying Catholics and evangelicals into the extremism category. This nation was founded by Christians. We have faithfully served in this nation's military since its outset. And I said that I served there nine years and four months. I left off the 15 days. I didn't think you needed to know that. And we are now being categorized by an extremist administration and their appointed military cohorts as extremists without any basis in this label at all. Your action is not only requested, it is required. As my elected U.S. Senator, I ask that you bring this matter to the attention of your constituents and address it openly before this gets out of control. The first article of the First Amendment to the law of our land guarantees our right to not be targeted in this manner. I will be reporting this to my church on Sunday in attendance and around the world streaming and will apprise them that I have contacted you. Inattention to this is not an acceptable option. The left is out of control in this nation. If they move our military against those who represent this nation in its highest sense, meaning Christians, things will no longer be as they have been since our founding. Our guaranteed rights will no longer be guaranteed. 
With this, our Constitution will have no meaning at all. Get out your pens and write to your congressman. I would suggest you do it now what's on your mind so you don't forget about it tomorrow and go off to work and forget. Yeah, right now if you want. Go ahead, just start typing. Just You can tune me out and watch this later. Signed by me from the Superior Word, Sarasota, Florida, from Mideastern Africa. Isn't that terrible? Times of Israel. Iran threatens Washington Army Base. Top U.S. general intelligence officials say Iran threatens a U.S. Army base, attacking it. And we're still trying to work with these people. Iran has made threats against Fort McNair, an army base in the nation's capital, and against the Army's vice chief of staff, two senior U.S. intelligence officials said. They said communications intercepted by the NSA in January showed that the Iran's Revolutionary Guard discussed mounting USS Cole-style attacks against the base, referring to the October 2000 suicide attack in which a small boat pulled up alongside the Navy destroyer in the Yemeni port of Aden and exploded, killing 17 sailors. The intel also revealed threats to kill General Joseph Martin and plans to infiltrate and surveil the base according to the officials, who were not authorized to publicly discuss national security matters and spoke on condition of anonymity. The base, one of the oldest in the country, is Martin's official residence. Jerusalem Post. Iran, Russia, and Turkey, once again, signaling growing alliance. Iran's foreign minister, Zarif, was very content during a trip to Turkey on Friday, one Friday ago. He said it was very productive and smiled alongside his Turkish counterpart, Mevlut Kavusoglu. I hope I said that right. He said it was a wonderful trip when he spoke with his brother, Kavusoglu. The trip signals the growing alliance that Turkey and Iran have in the region. Zarif said, as before, constructive engagement on bilateral and regional issues. Ultimate aim? Apply Iran and Turkey's experience of 400 years of peace to our region. Together, anything is possible. Meanwhile, Turkish President Erdogan took Russia's side in a growing spat with the U.S., slamming Biden, who is widely hated by Turkey's ruling party. That's the only good thing coming out of Turkey right now. He claimed that Biden's recent comments about President Putin were unacceptable and not fitting of a president. I would agree with him wholeheartedly. The messaging from Ankara is that Russia and Turkey are growing together as allies and partners. They work together in Syria, Libya, and the Caucasus. Their goal is, here it is, to supplant U.S. influence and divide up as many areas of the Middle East between themselves as possible. Sounds like Gog Magog coming down the pipe. Yeah. CNN. Biden administration considering six-month extension for U.S. troops in Afghanistan. Of course he is, because the Democrat Party of the United States of America has always been the party of war. Go back and look at when war started in this country, and it is always under a Democrat administration. Always. Okay, go back and check it. The Biden admin is considering a six-month extension for American troops in Afghanistan just weeks before the May 1st deadline that Trump admin had negotiated with the Taliban. It's already decided, folks. Trump did this. We're going to get our troops out. And I'll read you another article in a second to show you how bad it was for that poor president that we had before. Boy, he went through a lot. Um, he had no negotiated with the Taliban to withdraw all U.S. forces from the country. No final decision has been made, the official emphasized. NBC News first reported that a six-month extension is under consideration. They'll do it. It's not that it's under consideration. They'll do it. Next article, Zero Hedge. 
this is a very long article. It was like this long, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to give you some points for it so you can see what went on. The inside story of how Pentagon leaders sabotaged Trump's Afghan withdrawal. Colonel Douglas McGregor, a former senior advisor to the acting Secretary of Defense, revealed that President Trump shocked the U.S. military only days after the election last November by signing a presidential order calling for the withdrawal of all remaining U.S. troops from Afghanistan by the end of the year. He wanted them out by December. He was doing what he said he was going to do, and the, the Pentagon subverted him. They sabotaged him as the president of the United States of America. As McGregor explained, the order to withdraw was met with intense pressure from the chairman of the JCS, General Mark Milley, which caused the president to capitulate. Trump agreed to withdraw only half of the 5,000 remaining troops in the country, which we did report on. Neither Trump's order nor the pressure from the JCS chairman was reported by the national media at the time. Of course it wasn't. The president's surrender represented the Pentagon's latest victory in a year-long campaign to sabotage the U.S.-Taliban peace agreement signed in February 2020. Military and DOD leaders thus extended the disastrous and unpopular 20-year U.S. war in Afghanistan into the admin of Biden. They wanted that because they want this war to go on so that they can kill people and they can continue to increase the number of bombs they drop and how much money they get kickbacks for building more bombs in the process, etc. This is what's going on. And this is a Democrat, not a Republican thing that's going on here. This is a Democrat thing that's going on here. Okay, The subversion of the peace agreement with the Taliban, initiated by the U.S. military leadership in Washington and Afghanistan, began almost as soon as Trump's personal envoy, Zameh Khalizad, negotiated a tentative deal in November 2019. The campaign to undermine presidential authority was actively supported by then-Secretary of Defense Mark Esper. The article goes on at length explaining how Trump was subverted at every single step that he made. And, you know, all he can do as a president is listen to his advisors. And if they're giving him bad advice, that's all he can decide on. If they lie to you or if they twist things around so he's unaware of something, that's... But he wanted our troops out to end the longest-running war in the history of our nation. And they subverted him because they want to make money. Zero Hedge, Boulder Shooter identified as 21-year-old Ahmad Issa, charged with 10 counts of murder, and everybody suddenly goes silent on the news, right? Gateway pundit Barack Obama blames Boulder shooting on disaffection, racism, and misogyny, calls for gun control. He is blaming the American people for somebody that was brought into this nation as a refugee and killing our people. He's blaming us for it. The previous president of the United States of America is blaming Americans for terrorist attacks happening in their own nation. He targeted a Jewish store. Did anybody know that from the news? He targeted a Jewish store. He swore allegiance to ISIS. It is certainly Islamic terrorism. And nobody's reporting on that. Mongolia, Nikkei. Mongolia's first solar plus storage project is won by Japan-led bid. Okay, Japanese, my wife, your home country is making money off of Mongolia now. And they're going to get some credits for it too, special credits. Listen to this. Japanese plant engineer JGC Holdings will oversee the design and construction of Mongolia's first solar power plant with storage capabilities as the country steps up adoption of renewable energy. Woo! And GK will produce storage batteries capable of withstanding the harsh conditions in Mongolia. 
where winter temperatures fall to minus 40 degrees centigrade. The Mongolian project qualifies for a carbon credit framework under which assistance to reduce greenhouse gas emissions in developing countries is counted towards Japan's tally. They got themselves into that, that Paris Accord, right? You know, the uh, Green Accord that Trump pulled us out of and now we're going to get back into. They signed up for that. And so they have to pay all these billions and trillions of dollars to countries that don't have to do anything. Okay. But by helping out Mongolia, they're getting credits for it. So they don't have to be as, you know, uh, sound in their uh, environmental protection as they would have otherwise had to have been. It is expected to translate to a 6,423 ton reduction in Japan's annual COT emissions. That doesn't mean actually cutting them. They just get credit for it. So, Okay, here we go. Daniel 12 Technology. CNN. Oksan, that's my wife, means Oksan. I could call her Kanai. That means property of the house, but that might not be very nice. And it's, a, it's a term that some Japanese husbands use of their, uh, of their wives as Kanai. Okay, property of the house, but I call her Oksan. I'll die. Yeah, Kanai, Kanai rhymes with I'll die. That's exactly right. In America, that may be the case. Over there, you know, they just walk two, two steps further behind their husband. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, um, great, great society. I was there for six years, almost to the day. I really loved being in Japan. It's a wonderful society. You know, children that are this big, four years old, can go on the train anywhere in the country without any harm. It, it, there, there's, you know what they have in Japan? They have, um, what do you call it, vending machines for everything. I don't care what you want to buy. There's a vending machine for it, okay? They have vending machines for Suntory whiskey right on the street or beer, okay? And guess what? Those children will not touch them until they're of age. In America, they'd be emptied out in 32 seconds. I'm telling you, they have all over the place. They've got whiskey. You want a bottle of whiskey? The children will not touch them. Imagine the discipline of a society that will do that. Isn't that amazing? There you go. Okay, Daniel 12 Technology, CNN. Mission to clean up space junk with magnets set for launch. Actually, it did take off. This is a couple days before the actual launch. Above us, there is a cloud of more than 9,000 tons of space junk. When I was in um, uh, Ohio with, visiting my friends last year, we went to the uh, Air Force Museum, and one of the things they have couple free movies during the day. I think they're free. Anyway, um, but we went in, we watched two of them, and one of them was on the space junk problem. Anyway, somebody's coming up with one of many possible ideas of getting rid of it. Here's one of them. 9,000 tons of space junk, equivalent to the weight of 720 school buses. That's a lot of junk. This debris is composed of parts of old satellites, as well as entire defunct satellites and rocket bodies. The debris poses risk to the International Space Station, station and threatens things we take for granted on earth weather forecasting gps and telecommunications it's a problem that's getting worse with more and more satellites being launched each year by ventures like elon musk's spacex a demonstration mission to test new technology developed by the company astroscale to clean up space debris is set to launch as i said it was set for a couple days ago a soyuz 2 rocket will launch a 175 kilogram spacecraft with a satellite attached into space the spacecraft and the satellite the debris to be cleaned up in other words the satellite is what they're going to test it on okay will separate and then perform a high stakes game of cat and mouse over the next few months 
Astroscale will test the spacecraft's ability to snatch a satellite and bring it down toward the Earth's atmosphere where it will burn up. It will do this in a series of different maneuvers with the mission expected to end in September or October. As part of the mission, the company will test whether spacecraft can catch and dock with the satellite as it tumbles through space at up to 17,500 miles per hour, several times faster than the speed of a bullet. But what they're not telling you there is that they're going in the same direction, and so they're not going 17,500 miles away from each other, They're going, but they're going that fast. So it's still a lot of work that they have to figure this out. Several times I read that. The tests rely on a magnetic docking plate to latch onto the satellite. Astroscale said it hopes all new satellites being launched will ultimately have this docking plate, allowing them to be safely removed at the end of their lifespan. Instead of just leaving it up there, they'll have a universal docking plate. If it works, they can bring any one of them down. Fly it up there and just fly it back into the atmosphere and it burns up. Very cool. Um, what's more, Astroscale said it had already signed a deal with the internet satellite company OneWeb. Astroscale is headquartered in Japan. But the mission is being controlled from the United Kingdom. Zero Hedge. Previously unknown bacteria strains are discovered on the ISS, which could help grow space crops. Okay, they have food up in the ISS and they are studying it and they found some bacteria strains that they had no idea existed. Okay, to grow plants in some extreme places where resources are minimal, isolation of novel microbes that help to promote plant growth under stressful conditions is essential. The discovery of new bacteria to support growing crops in space could lead to breakthroughs in sustainable space farming. So there you go. They found that these things are up there, they're alive, and so now they're going to try to harvest them and see if they can, I could see a plague out of that one. Revelation plagues. Here we go, talking about plagues. Um, I'd like to remind everybody here uh, that the mark of the beast is not the COVID vaccine, okay? I, it is not. Now, if you wanna know how you can know what it is not, I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but I will tell you what it is not. Today, on the Superior Word website, it just happened to be that I posted Revelation 13, verse seven, the mark of the beast, okay? I'm doing a line-by-line -line commentary. I started it about 150 days ago. Today, I posted Revelation 13, 17, the mark of the beast. Tomorrow will be Revelation 13, 18, the mark of the beast. You can know what is not the mark of the beast by reading, just simply picking up the Bible and reading Revelation 13. It's not a difficult thing to do, okay? Everybody and their mother has got videos out there now saying that this is the mark of the beast, okay? All you need to do is go to Revelation 13 and read it. Here's a couple questions for you. Has the beast been identified yet? No. No, okay? That takes care of it right there because the mark of the beast is the number of his name. Does anybody know who the Antichrist is yet? No. And we're not going to know because the rapture is pre-tribulation. It's not mid or post, okay? That's unsound theology. If you want to know that, go back and watch my video on uh, the timing of the rapture, okay? But just so you know, the beast is not yet identified. We don't know what the beast is. We don't know its parts. You can go back and read the whole commentary and you'll get my analysis of it. But I can tell you that the COVID vaccine is not the mark of the beast. So you can hold off on your emails in the future on that particular issue. From CNN, 
Spiders and snakes swarm Australian homes as they flee record mass animal exodus to higher ground with spiders in particular surging onto people's land and into their homes. They got videos of billions of spiders coming up and crawling around people. Mail online, giant earthworms rise from the Australian floodwaters as torrential rain continues to lash the country. So you got spiders, you got snakes, and you got earthworms. Mail online, I've already reported on this once, but it's continuing. Australia is hit by a biblical rodent plague. Millions of mice and rats invade rural towns with one supermarket catching 500 a night. Hospital patients bitten and fears poisoned carcasses could infect drinking water. That's a lot of rats that are being spookily brought up in Australia. Experts claim that the plague is due to the recent heavy summer rains that hit across eastern Australia. So they're getting hit in all kinds of ways in Australia right now, as they always do. It's always either drought or it's too much water, you know. Epic times. Eastern European country limits AstraZeneca shots after nurse dies of anaphylactic shock. She was 27 years old. Forbes. COVID spiking in over a dozen states, most with high vaccination rates. Go look at the numbers. The ones with the high vaccination rates are spiking. Defender. New military policies coerce service members into getting COVID vaccines. This is against the law. You heard the EUA thing. They can't even do this to military, and yet they're coercing them. When you're in the military, if you don't do what you're told, even though you're not actually being told, that affects everything. That affects, I'm telling you, I was in the military. I know when you have a commander and he wants you to do something, even if it's not really right and you don't do it, it affects everything. And you have no, no way of going around it. You follow that chain of command and you're stuck. Despite the COVID-19 vaccine being voluntary under an EUA, service members are being subjected to segregation policies designed to coerce them into taking an experimental drug. At Altos Air Force Base in Oklahoma, Colonel Matthew A. Leard, who should be fired, recently signed a memorandum with two very different lists of restrictions for those vaccinated and not vaccinated. The unvaccinated have restrictions on the following. Leave and travel, access to off-base events and establishments, including restaurants and bars, and access to gathering places on base at chapels and theaters. You can't go to church if you're not vaccinated, according to this guy that should be kicked out of the military with a dishonorable discharge. Yeah, 100% amen. With requirements to wear masks, test for COVID, and participate in contact tracing. The memorandum specifies that proof of vaccination is required to have access to public amenities. Vaccinated individuals may be required to provide proof they are vaccinated against COVID-19 in order to avail themselves of these policies for vaccinated personnel. Individuals who decline to provide proof of COVID-19 vaccine will not be granted the privileges of paragraphs 2A and are required to abide by paragraphs 3 through 10 below. The creation of two classes of people, the vaccinated and unvaccinated, assumes that the vaccinated have immunity when in fact none of the COVID vaccines have demonstrated efficacy in preventing infection or transmission. Nobody should tolerate this. Nobody should tolerate what's happening in our military right now. New York Post. Pakistani Prime Minister Imran Khan. He's, what is that? Uh, Star Trek? Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Test positive for COVID-19 after getting vaccination. Mail online. Three Hawaii residents catch coronavirus 
after being fully vaccinated, including one who got a positive result from a pre-travel test after returning home. WFMZ, entire school district. Now, normally I believe these things. In this case, I don't. In this case, I don't. Okay. Entire school district. Remember, these are lefties. Entire school district in Pennsylvania closed after more than 40 staffers call in with vaccine reactions. They don't want to teach. They have been happy staying home. They've been happy staying home and they've been, she, I got somebody here from Pennsylvania that's shaking her head. Yes, right now. I, I'm certain it is. They're lefties. They don't want to perform their job. They want to get their benefits and not have to take care of your children. I got some good news on that for next week, though. I may include an article on good news on that issue. Morality. Daily Wire. Father arrested, jailed for contempt after referring to his daughter as a she. He's in jail because he called his daughter a she. On Tuesday, the father of a biological girl who believes she is a boy turned himself into a Canadian court and was subsequently taken to jail after the Attorney General of British Columbia issued an arrest warrant for contempt after the father had insisted on referring to his daughter as his daughter. So even the article should be thrown in jail. Whoever typed this up should be thrown in jail because they called his daughter a daughter when she's not his daughter, apparently. Okay, anyway, and use the pronouns she and her. Robert Hoogland has a 14-year-old daughter. Once again, now they should be thrown in jail for twice as long. In February 2019, the Supreme Court of British Columbia ordered that the girl receive testosterone injections without obtaining parental consent. Yes. The court also declared that if either of her parents, once again, there's another one. Her, they're going to have to get rid of this reporter. Her parents referred to her using female pronouns or addressed her by name. This is becoming a pattern with this person. By her birth name, they would be considered guilty of family violence. The parents calling this kid her, you are family violence. It's like beating your child now. When she was in seventh grade, the, she, when she was in seventh grade, the girl's school urged the girl to see the psychologist, Dr. Wallace Wong, who recommended the girl should be taking cross-sex hormones at 13. Hoogland cited his daughter's alleged history of mental health issues and refused to give permission. Doctors at BC Children's Hospital decided the girl should receive testosterone injections. Hoogland, disturbed by the possible effects of the hormone therapy, objected. But one of the doctors informed him that the girl's consent was enough for her to begin receiving the hormones. 13 years old, and she can tell her parents, I'm doing this. Hoogland responded by seeking an injunction to stop the treatment, but Justice Gregory Bowden, who should be taken off of the bench and thrown in jail, ruled in February 2019 that the girl was exclusively entitled to consent to medical treatment for gender dysphoria. That was from Daily Wire. No wonder they used the term girl, girl, girl again and again. They were poking it in their eyes. Good job, Daily Wire. I was being sarcastic about that, but now I see why they did that. Scientific American... Physicists need to be more careful how they name things. Physicists, we're talking about doctors and scientists and people that have got, you know, 50-year degrees in, in some college. The popular term quantum supremacy, something wrong with that, folks, which refers to quantum computers outperforming classical ones is uncomfortably reminiscent of white supremacy. So they want to stop using terms that might be harmful to somebody. Can you imagine that? Our other, yeah, she says yes, and she's right. Our other category, from the drive, 
Massive new Chinese military heliport taking shape right across from Taiwan. I wonder why. Satellite imagery shows significant progress on the construction of what is, by every indication, a massive new military heliport in China, very close to the Taiwan Strait. Continued work on the facility, which is around half a mile from the water's edge, only some 150 miles from Taiwan proper, and even closer to various islands that Taiwanese authorities control, comes amid a surge in charged rhetoric between officials in Beijing and their counterparts in both Taipei and Washington. This makes it strategically positioned to support any future operations to control the strait or even invade Taiwan. At present, the heliport has a single runway that is around 2,140 feet long, including circular turnaround at its eastern end, as well as an adjacent flight line that is just under 6,000 feet in length, but relatively narrow. The satellite image, which is available through Google Earth, seen above, they show the photos, shows 18 hangars as well as nine more in various states of construction along the ramp. Even with a limited operational flight line facility, this new heliport could be a valuable training site as well as an intermediate staging point for actual operations around the Taiwan Strait. The base's overall strategic location is obvious when put into context of its distance from Taiwan proper, as well as various outlying islands that authorities in Taipei maintain control over. Dangerous times over there in that part of the world. Our previous president was very good about how he handled it. This president will botch every single thing he does in this Amen. regard. Epic times. Don't you just love him? DeSantis doesn't want Florida schools teaching hate with critical race theory. Yes. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced that his administration will be proposing to ban the teaching of unsanctioned narratives like critical race theory in state schools. Epic times. And you know what? If they come out and they say, well, then we'll withhold your Department of Education funds. If I was him, I'd say withhold. Yeah. yeah. Epic times. Yeah. Vaccine passports are a terrible idea, says Florida Governor DeSantis. <laughs> The vaccine passport is a terrible idea. We are definitely not going to require anything from the state's perspective. That is totally off the table. If I have businesses that want to do that in Florida, I think that's more than just a private decision. Look, if you want to go to a movie theater or a concert, all this stuff, go. If you don't, don't. But to require somebody to show some type of proof of vaccination, I think is completely unacceptable. And it's not something we're going to support here in any way in Florida. Good job. Epic Times, Columbia, uh, don't you just feel like moving here now? Yeah, okay. Epic Times, Columbia University to host two, no, 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 three, no, six, six graduation ceremonies based on race income level, and self-identification. Yeah! New York City's Columbia University plans to host six separate graduation ceremonies for students with different cultural background, races, or self-identities. The university will host online graduation ceremonies called Multicultural Graduation Celebrations in honor of their students' diversity. The school website states, the special celebrations, Columbia says, will provide a more intimate setting for students who self-identify in a variety of ways. Mail online. LA District Attorney plans to severely downsize or dissolve hardcore gang unit that prosecutes the city's most violent and complex crimes. Just get rid of them. The hardcore gang unit could be dissolved by April. 
For over four decades, the unit has been tasked with prosecuting the city's most serious and violent gang-related crimes. Prosecutors said overhauling the unit would have major negative consequences on the city as it weathers a troubling surge in crime. But BLM activists praised the idea, saying the unit has a history of abuse against people of color and low-income communities. From Bongino. Democrats block Republican bill that would require illegal immigrants to be tested for COVID. <laughs> Epic Times, Biden admin awards 86.9 million of your tax dollars contract to house migrant family units at border. Almost $100 million. That's, that's peanuts. Listen to the next one. Epic Times, illegal immigrants to receive 4.38 Billion in stimulus checks. Billion. Gateway Pundit. Price of gas is up over a dollar per gallon already thanks to Joe Biden's actions to stop pipelines and curtail production. New York Post. Suez Canal ship crisis may unleash worldwide run to Publix. As soon as you can, get to Publix today. As soon as this is over, and some of you, if you need to, go now and we'll wait for you before we do the sermon. Worldwide toilet paper shortage. Yes. Yes. Okay, I got a less Rick here for you. It should have been on that one right there, but that came later. I think it was this morning or yesterday I put it in, just when I was printing it off. Anyway, here's a less Rick here for you. There's junk flying high or our head. If it fell on us, we would be dead. A magnet will catch and then safely detach. It's hoped that this process will spread. Good job. I would have liked to see a toilet paper one, though. That would have been good. Anyway, okay. Irony. I got two ironies for you this week. They're time critical, so I had to do them this week. First one, Kamala Harris to hold discussion with Bill Clinton on empowering women and girls igniting criticism. You think? And then from Fox... Okay, I said that I would tell you what the mark of the beast was not. I'm going to tell you what the mark of the beast is. We know who the Antichrist is. Florida baby born on 321 at 321 in 321 area code. 3 plus 2 plus 1 is 6, plus 6 plus 6. We have identified the Antichrist. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. I'm Charlie Garrett. This is a superior word, and that is your prophecy update for the week.